This is um, this is our series on the age of anxiety, and uh, I, I was prompted to do this because of the stuff I was reading and seeing and hearing of of people talking about how much anxiety that they feel, and uh, I, I thought we need to we need to sort of address this, and this this problem is nothing new. It's been around for ages. Perhaps it's being, um, perhaps we're allowing it to take over too much of our lives. So the thing to remember is the ability to worry a little, I'll call it, is a good thing. I mean, the ability to, that's a, that's a gift. It's when it takes over your life that it's no longer a gift. It, um, some people get paid to worry. Like if you build rockets, how many know if you're the guy flying the rocket, you want the guy who built it worrying. Does that make sense? You want the guy monitoring, worry, please worry, worry until we land. So that's a good thing, the ability to think about what could go wrong. That's a very important skill set. And it's a gift from God that you have that ability if you think about it, because it can keep you from a lot of problems. But unchecked and unregulated, the mind can go to some really horrible places. So I'm trying to say this in the sense that free you up so that you know it's okay that your mind has a propensity to worry or wonder about the future, of course. But if you leave it unchecked, unregulated, it just takes you to all kinds of difficult and dark places, which is why... (laughs) They're saying now that scientists are are studying and they're noticing that the mind tends to grab onto negative things and hold them. So if you hear something that's negative, there's, and again, they're studying this scientifically, your mind grabs it like Velcro, just sucks onto it. Think of it this way, if you get, 10 emails and, and nine of them are positive or neutral and you get one negative one that attacks you in some way, what does your mind do? Just sucks onto that. Well, why did they say that? Why did, you know, if you get 10 compliments and one uh, criticism, your mind grabs it. Why? And how do we overcome this propensity towards the negativity? A little bit in some cases can help you, but too much controls you. Um, you know, we were, we were just talking about how we take for granted the fact that the, we live on a big giant ball that's spinning quite fast. And first of all, we don't realize it most of the time. And if someone told you and you didn't have a science background or the, the, the uh, privilege of living in a modern age, you'd say they were what? Say so you're crazy, right? If, I mean, we didn't have all, if you didn't live in the modern age and someone said to you, hey, guess what? We're actually living on a ball that's spinning. And you're like, I don't feel it. This not, doesn't seem real or possible. So all of these things that are good, they get sort of hidden. And I think that's important. To change your mindset from anxiety and negativity to faith 
takes a conscious effort to shift what you're thinking about. Conscious effort to shift what you're thinking about, what you're focused on in your mind. So today, I want to read a scripture. This is Hebrews chapter 4. And this is in the context where the writer of Hebrews, by the way, we don't know who that is, writes about the children of Israel not being able to enter into the promised land. And if you know much of the Bible story, you know a big part of the entire, what we call Old Testament, was the God taking these people who were slaves in Egypt out of slavery and into a promised land and making them his people. And along the way, they get the Ten Commandments and all these other things that happen, and they really struggle. They get right on the border of the promised land, and they send in these 12 uh, spies to check it out, see what the land is like. And God keeps telling them, it's good there. It's flowing with milk and honey. But the journey from Egypt and slavery to the promised land was brutal. Many times they would just turn around to Moses and they would say, are we there yet? Anybody remember this? Are you taking your kids on vacation? Are we there yet? Like, Moses, can we get this? Can we get this done quickly? I mean, if Moses only had an iPad and Pop-Tarts, I mean, you know what I mean? Any parents know what I'm talking about? They, they complained every step of the way. And they were frustrated and they couldn't enter the land that God had for them. That's the story. They send the spies in, the spies come back, and there are 12 spies. There's 12 reports. There are 10 negative reports. They all agreed the land was good, but 10 of the 12 said, it's too big. It's too dangerous in there. We're not going to be able to do it. It's too dangerous. And only two said, we could do it. If God's with us, we could do it. And guess who the community sided with? The negative. No, it's too dangerous. No, it's not going to work. So they retreat. And they wander in the wilderness 40 years. That's the story. Enter the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. This is an important distinction. In fact, if you read this over and over again, you will read that this was about not entering the land, but entering rest, entering God's rest. A key thing had happened, and this is a key thing that needs to happen to you and needs to happen to me. They realized this was never about a place. This was never about getting to a certain place. This was about entering a place inside here. The big difference. It says they never entered his rest.
this place, all right, this mind can take you all kinds of places. This mind can take you down some dark and lonely and desperate. Anybody been there before? I mean, it, it, just, it just starts wandering. And, it, and, it's, and the anxiety starts taking over. And then it says, yeah, but then this could happen. And did you see the way that person talked to you? And do you, do you know what your boss did to you? And do you know? And they just, just starts this accusing voice, this negative voice. The word Satan means the accuser. Did you know that? That's the voice. It's bad. It's bad. They're bad. It's bad. Your life's bad. And it's always that nagging voice. And the destination, it turns out, was not actually dirt. It was not a mountaintop. It was not lush valleys. The destination, it turns out, was God's rest. Or as the Apostle Paul said, God's perfect peace. Here's the takeaway. For as long as you think your happiness, your peace of mind is in a location, you're never going to get there. You're going to wander and wander and wander. The big shift is when you recognize and you realize, I don't need to get to that place. I don't need to get to that job. I don't need to get to that neighborhood. I don't need to get to that number, number of likes on my Twitter feed. I don't need to get that many responses to my Instagram. I don't, that's not what actually, that is not happiness. Happiness is a place I find where? In here and in here. So he says, therefore, since the promises of entering his rest still stand, those promises are still good today, just as they were back then. Today, you can enter, you know, God's rest. And it still remains for every single person here. You don't need to get to a certain place, and it can happen, this is the key thing, today. Now, these two things will forever change you if you catch them. He said two things in this passage. First of all, it's not a place. That's the big one that we all struggle with. Once I, boy, once I get here, once I get that job, once I... Um, does anybody remember the early days when you made absolutely no money? Some of you are like, you're talking about yesterday? All right. But I mean, do you remember? Like, I remember. I remember like in college and, you know, you, you're, the bookshelf was, you found some cinder blocks. Anybody remember making a bookshelf out of cinder blocks? And, and a two-by-four or a two-by-eight if you were really blessed, right? And you'd put something on there and you'd put your stereo on there if you had one or some books. And no one did that. And now you think, think, ask yourself honestly this question. Was I miserable? Was I 10 times less happy then than I am now? Your net worth might be 100 times more than it, but were you, are you 100 times happier? Oftentimes it's no. What you start to realize at some point is it's never about where. 
It's never about where. It was never about the land. It, was a, it doesn't say they failed to enter the land. It says they failed to enter his rest. Rest is the good word. Rest is the key word. It's the word that's used for this all-encompassing peace of mind. The one thing that's hard for our mind to do is rest. Did you know that? You're going to get everything going, and that mind just starts going. Bang, 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 bang. Chattering at you. What's your mind saying to you all the time? This isn't good enough. That's not right. You didn't do this right. So-and-so looked at you wrong. On and on. The chatter never ceases. And peace, this is getting to a place where you enter this state of mind where it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm shutting out the noise. Uh, Charlie's thing lately, for some reason, is it's too loud. Everything's too loud. I guess maybe we're interrupting her movie of some sort, right? But everything, she's very sensitive to noise. And I, I guess I, I, maybe she gets that from me because I don't like a lot of racket myself. But I mean, if we're getting ice out of the refrigerator and it clangs in the, gra- the glass, she's, Dad, it's too loud. She wants no noise in- interfering with her thing. Now, here's the thing. A lot of racket out here is one thing, but the worst kind of noise starts past inside your ears. I mean, it's one thing to try to eliminate the stuff that's out here, but the stuff that's inside, it's already in there, and it's chattering at you. And the reason that we're all nodding is because we all know this experience. We all have this experience when your mind starts talking to you. And so entering God's rest or this perfect peace is the state of mind that you can enter when you put your faith in God. Faith, it says, was the key. Let me read it, uh, another verse. Now, we who have believed enter that rest. And those that don't, they didn't, it says, because they couldn't, they didn't mix what was promised with faith. So, here I am saying some things. And you're there doing whatever you want with what I'm saying. And you have all kinds of options. He's crazy. He's losing it. I don't know why he keeps saying that. When is this going to be over? You have all kinds of options. You have options. But one of the things you can do is find something that's good in there and mix it with faith. And that's all you. That is all you. It says they had all these promises from God, but they didn't mix it with faith. So God's like, come on, I got a, I got a spot for you. And they couldn't mix their faith in, and so they couldn't get there. What's the key to entering? Faith. You got to mix the faith in. That's the entire key. Then you enter rest. Rest, in this case, would be the exact opposite of anxiety. It's being at peace. I'm so glad we got to pray for our high school seniors today. I'm so... Um, what's the word? Burdened, troubled, that this generation, they talk so much about anxiety. Because I feel like what's happening is they're, they're trying to pull faith away from them. By the way, any of you seniors, uh, let me just tell you this. Go read some quotes by Albert Einstein. Just Google them. Albert Einstein and faith. And he, there was a guy that was quite smart, quite scientific, but also had faith. 
They aren't against each other. So when you go to these educational systems and they start saying, well, you know, you're a moron if you believe any of that stuff, hold fast, pull your Einstein quote and say, I'm not so sure that that's true. In fact, what I'm learning more and more, this is, this is what I'm more and more convinced of. There's shallow science and shallow faith. And those two things fight all the time. Hmm? Shallow science and shallow faith. And they're always going at it, right? Deep science and deep faith, I mean, they're there. Huh? Take your faith deeper. And if you're a scientist, take your science a little deeper because it leads you to profound mystery. Both of them lead you to profound mystery, right? Who can know the thoughts of God? Faith is key. And so what's being pulled away from society, slowly drained away as it gets mocked and ridiculed and, and, and is the idea and the concept of faith. And so then people are, they, they replace it with anxiety. Rest. All right, little quiz. Best night of sleep you ever had in your life. Do you remember it? I mean, do you have a specific night? You're like, oh man, there was so much peace. Best rest. Your mind is calm. You're at peace. Do you know that God wants for you to enter his rest? And you don't have to go anywhere to do it. And here's the other promise in this passage. It says, therefore, God keeps renewing this appointment, calling it, when? Today. Today. God keeps renewing this appointment. So here's the, you, you have an appointment to enter God's rest. And you go, yay, I'm ready. When, when is it? February? You're scheduled with God to enter rest. It, it's right here. It's in Hebrews chapter 4. Calling it today. When can you enter God's rest? Today. Today. Two key things. There's no place I have to get to, and I don't have to wait till tomorrow. It can happen today. That's the game changer. In other words, there's nothing that needs to happen except that what needs to happen, the journey is inside where? Right here. I would hope and pray for everybody as we end this series on anxiety. I would hope and pray this. You understand the magnet of the land of Egypt. And as Hebrews explains and, 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 and breaks this open for us, the, how symbolic all of this is, that whole journey. But they keep getting sucked back they keep wanting to go backwards. And that's the, that's the negative mind, right? It wants to go backwards. It wants to pull you back into slavery. And the mental slavery, listen to this phrase, the mental slavery of anxiety, it owns you. It owns you. Everyone can be happy. Everything can be wonderful. And you can't be. Why? 
Everyone's dancing, everyone's laughing, and you can't be. Why? Because that you're letting that you're letting the, the Egypt magnet pull you back, and the slavery is here. And so you have to take this journey, right? That's what spiritual growth is. If spiritual growth is anything, it's the journey from the slavery of Egypt in your mind to entering into God's rest. That's why sometimes you see people that are older and wiser and more mature. I mean, I'll just offer this up. I'm not saying that a young person can't be mentally at rest because I absolutely 100% believe that they can. But it seems like we need to experiment a little bit. It seems like human nature is we've got to wander in the desert and try this, and we've got to try that, and we've got to try this location and that location. And then we sort of, we, we kind of go, well, that, that's, that's not going to work. Think about the most peaceful people that you know in your life. I mean, I could think about mine. My grandma. Hmm? All these miles that have been under her feet, right? And you start to learn, wait a minute, I don't need to chase this, I don't need to chase that. What I'm chasing is right here. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is where? Within. It's within. That's where you find it. So there's going to be the negative, the spies, there's going to be all of that. And you're going to tell yourself, this is key. I need to go back to Egypt. At least, and Moses was like, what was so great about Egypt? And the only thing I could think of was um, they, they were comfortable. That's a crazy statement. They were comfortable being enslaved. Maybe there's something about getting up. You knew when and where you were going. You knew you were going to get up and do the same thing every day. Maybe there's a weird, think about this. Maybe there's a weird comfort in anxiety that people get trapped in this mental thing and they're comfortable. Can I just say it out loud? People are comfortable being miserable. Have you met some of these people? They're happiest when they're angry. They, they, there's a comfort around being miserable. When Jesus goes, if you remember this story, and I think it's in John chapter 5, when Jesus goes and there's, the, the, there's the, the man who can't walk and he comes up to him and he says, he'd been there for, I think it was 38 years, sitting at this place where he was hoping to get healed. And Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? Well, that's a dumb question. Of course I want to get well. Everybody wants to get well. But I think Jesus asked him for a reason. Maybe he had been sitting there for 38 years. Maybe he liked sitting there. Sometimes we get comfortable in our misery. Someone needs to shock you out of it. Say, you don't need to live there. I'll be honest. I know a few people. I I feel like, I don't know if um, your face gets like muscle memory, but I think they they planted such a frown on there that they don't know what to do with it. It's, it's starting to seize in. And the, their, their life is the same way. I just, I just like being grouchy. I like being grouchy at everybody and everything and the news and everything. And 
people do. They get comfortable there. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live there. God's calling you, right, to enter his rest to a whole new place. But you have to make the decision, I don't want to live there anymore. That's a big decision. Now, if you don't believe that I'm right, scientists are now discovering that there are these grooves, these patterns in our brains, grooves. You wear them. Just like you wear, um, anybody like me, you grew up uh, on the playground? We grew up on the playground, and we didn't really have real playgrounds, but you just had a grass field, and you had a baseball diamond. And what was the diamond? It wasn't like beautiful lines. It was just what? Dirt, where everyone ran the path. No, you. Anybody? Does anybody? You ran to this one, and there was just dirt, and it was like it was like a big. It was problem, right? But it was a well-worn path. It was a well-worn path. It was just, just went like this. And this is what happens with your mind. It's a well-worn path. And so your mind just takes you to the same places over and over and over again. And you have to get set free. Do you want to get well? Or are you comfortable? The great decision that you make is the decision to leave Egypt, to leave it all behind. Stop nursing that wound. Stop rehearsing that hurt. The Bible calls it forgiveness. Just, it hurt, but you can't keep nursing it and rehearsing it because you're just wearing the groove in. And what the scientists are finding is that though we have these grooves, you can develop new ones. You can develop new ones. Your mind can branch out and start doing new things. You can think differently than you're thinking today. Now, he says over and over again. In Hebrews, he's quoting, he says, now listen. If you hear his voice, listen. Don't harden your heart. What does that mean? You got to listen because God's trying to speak to you. He's trying to get you free. But if you harden your heart, you're saying, I just want to be here. I just want to be here. I want to be angry at people. I want to be this way. If you harden your heart, you'll never enter. But he says, listen, you hear that voice? That's God. That's God saying to you, you don't have to live there. You don't have to live in anxiety. And here's the thing with anxiety. Most of the ailments are rollover from anxiety. Anger, depression, fear, all these other things. Almost always, not, not entirely, but almost always can be traced back to this thing, anxiety. And what God's trying to do is to set you free. Which is why Paul said, you know, you can have the peace of God, which transcends human understanding. That's the place that God wants you to. Now look, that was the great story of the entire Old Testament. Come into the land, come into the land, come into the land. And then all of a sudden, the guy in Hebrews writes and he says, it wasn't the land after all. It was God wanting them to enter his 
rest. And the way you enter is you have to mix with faith. All of God's promises, God's calling, God's beg, mix it with faith. Can you do it? Before you move, before you do anything, um, I want, because we're, we're wrapping this series up, but I want you to, I, I want us to apply it. I want us to mix it with faith. And so here's a couple of things I want you to do reviewing the series. One of the things that I want, want us to do is this. Every time your mind begins to wander, you just arrest it. And a few Sundays ago, I talked about have some replacement ideas. Remember this? If you were here, have some replacement ideas. Put some of those verse, refrigerator verses on your refrigerator and in your car and on your desk and everything and say, I have a, I have a better idea. This bad idea is going to come into your head. You're not worthy. This person's mad at you. This never should have happened to you. You just throw all those ideas out and you, you replace it with something better. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? If God is for me, who could be against me? All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called to his purpose. Just, just get a bunch of them. Those books we gave you guys today, they're full of them. They're full of them. And you need them. Because otherwise the voice will, the, the, the ugly voices will take over. So here's the whole key. Replace the voices with the voice. Replace the voices with the voice. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Amen? All right, let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer. Creator God, today has been like stepping into a kitchen with amazing aromas for hungry souls just waiting to taste and to be full and to be satisfied. And how foolish it would be to walk into such a place with such hunger and to try to go in a different direction and try to search for something else when it was all there waiting for us. Hebrews 4, 7, what Pastor Chris was talking about, if we hear this voice of invitation to rest, to peace, to knowing love and wholeness, why would we stop up our ears and try to seek it within our own understanding. Our own understanding, which continues to just spin us in circles of anxiety. Help us, God, to hear this invitation and to not rush off from this, but on this Sunday, this first day of the week, this day where we can pause, let us continue to think, let us continue to wrestle, let us continue to hear the voice of invitation and to start putting into place these things which will create new paths of thinking, new paths of faith, new paths towards the rest that you promise. God, we're not alone in this. You are with us, in us, beside us, willing to lead us, and we have one another to journey with, too. So, God, let us not leave this moment of promise 
to step back into problems, but help us, dear God, to walk into these new paths toward your rest. For your glory alone, amen. Happy Sunday, OG.